Okay, so I'm gonna go back and check at this. So, so get things rolling. So you said that you start. You're a YouTube producer, basically. Yeah, <laughs> DJ too. It, wait, you you learn how to DJ through YouTube as well? Yeah, I it, didn't know anybody that was a DJ, so I had to learn on YouTube. Oh wow! And I I picked up things from friends along the way, like. Mm -hmm. And I've learned a lot through the years by watching other DJs. I still learn today. Watch. Like last night, I watched DJ perform. I mean, I watched a 4B perform and I'm like, okay, I see what he does, does here. Mm -hmm. See how he has cue points saved up in certain spots. He knows these songs are going to work. Like still learn all the time. So that's very interesting that you say that because it's going to lead out to the part where we, where we met for the first time, you know, we met through Kevin. Right. And Chavalo through, uh, from one of your shows that was in over there in Miramar, was it? Or somewhere around oh, there? Oh, and uh, bro, but we met before that. We met before but, that, right? Yeah, we met at your apartment because I was that was the same day I met Travalo. Right. And then, yeah, you came to my show in uh, Pembroke Pines. Where did you met Kevin in all this? Bro, I've known Kevin since I was like in 10th grade. Oh, uh, we shit. Played, we played... Uh, oh, play baseball uh, together. Baseball together for uh, like a summer. Mm-hmm. Or two summers, and then I played against them a couple times in high school, and then I had no idea Kevin was like in the music industry at all. Oh! Until that day, my boy Black Jesus had come down one weekend, like three years ago or something, to visit, and he's like, "Oh, we're gonna go to my boy Stark's house," and I'm like, "Sure, let's go." Like <laughs> I already knew who he was, but I've never met him, so I met him, and then he's like, "Oh, he's like, oh, we're gonna go see my boy Chavalo too," and he lives in Hialeah. I'm like, "What?" So I knew who Chavalo was because of the Crack remix. Right. So I was like, all right, dope. And then I think after that, we went to your place like the next day too or something like that. Yeah. And I was at Stark's house and I'm like, what? I'm like, what is, like, what is this? Like, how do you guys <laughs> even know each other? <laughs> and he's like, he said that he has like been in music and doing things. And I'm like, well, that's dope. But like, he, he didn't like, asked to work with me or anything at the beginning like i wasn't i feel like i wasn't like at a level to where somebody would want to work with me yet. i'm surprised that you know you didn't know that kevin was into the was in inside the edm scene you know in all I those years that you were in a long time ah gotcha. so i didn't know i didn't see him since high school wow so what a coincidence how it all Crazy. circles back down man crazy that's pretty cool <laughs> shout out to the motherfucker man camo <laughs> He's got. He better watch this fucking episode. He better promote. <laughs> he better promote this episode, cause, yeah. Oh, we definitely will. Yeah, you let people him. love uh, when people like. Surprisingly, like, I love podcasts. So, so this to me is like I loved it. But um, other people are always like interested to hear what we have to say, and I'm always surprised by that. I mean, that's what I try to do for this podcast show. Like, I try to um. Just have conversations with people and let them share their experience in the industry and how they come up, what are they trying to accomplish, you know, because right. obviously there's uh, there's two faces to every person. There's the face that everybody sees you in the DJ stage. And then there's the real you, the one behind right. that, you know, right. and I'm trying to let, you know, help artists and fans alike and up and comers you know, have that connection, have that bridge to see, like, I could connect with you in, in certain level, you know? Yeah. 
when I see, when I like an artist's music or something, and then I watch them talk on a podcast, most of the time it makes me like them more because I get to know their personality. Or when I watch yours, um, most of the people that you've had on, I have, I didn't know them. I don't know them personally. Mm. But like the the video, like the one that you did with Lutro, yeah, like I didn't know anything about him, and I watched it. and I'm like, oh, it's a cool, dude. No, nah, but like me and Lucho, we have history together, man. Good history. Yeah, yeah. yeah no. Nothing bad, man. I, I mean, it's been everything has been said and done right there in the in the episode, you know. And you know that's that's another thing. Like that's a that's a thing that I want people to know about. You know, look at their true faces. Like this is their truest phones. Like, like because I hear people, you know say otherwise about certain artists without even knowing them. Right. You know, basically judging yeah. them, judging its cover before they're reading their book, you know? Yeah, most of the time they don't even know them personally. Yeah, exactly. And then they're dropping F-bonds at that. It's like, oh, it's yeah. because it's so-and-so. Fuck that guy. And I'm like, but why fuck that guy? Like, what did he do? Like, did he do something publicly bad that you gotta say fuck right. that guy? Like, unless it's, you know, at that sick level shit, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or bass nectar. <laughs> yeah, bro. Uh, Other than oh, that, you know, yeah, bro. Yeah, it, it's it's incredible how how many people still follow these certain artists when they do these stupid shit. You know. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it hasn't really happened to any artist that I love. Like, I didn't care about bass nectar at all. I didn't care about um. Excision. I mean, I'm not excision. Not excision. Right, no, 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 not Jeff, please. Oh. Not Jeff. The, no, yo, no. the ads, the ads crew, the fans, they'll hunt you down. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. They're you know? brutal. No, no. I've heard really good things about excision. No, no. Jeff is a um, great person, man. Who's a dubstep guy? That's, uh, that's sick. That's sick. Like, I didn't care at all about him, but what's crazy is like, after all that happened, I went to Ultra and I saw a dude wearing his shirt, like that sick shirt. Mm. And I'm like, how do you not know what happens? <laughs> If you have a shirt, how do you, and how do you how do people still listen to their music still to this day? Like it's it's very it it's 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 like it's like the same. I'm not trying to do comparisons, but it's the same conundrum as you know as people still listen to an R. Kelly song. You know, like yeah. we all it's like different for me for R. Kelly too, but it's like I wouldn't choose to. I mean, I don't listen to him either. I mean, I've list, I've grew up listening to every single music. I mean, I was a no performat DJ before I became an um, EDM DJ or yeah. producer. So I I had I don't I won't call it the luxury, but I had the luxury to li to listen to all sorts of music from different genres. And you know, can you actually split that? Like, can you defer like this guy from his actions versus his music? Like Michael Jackson. See, it, I play Michael Jackson songs all the time. And and the thing is, the thing about Michael Jackson and why I didn't choose to use him as an example is based on everything. It's all allegedly like nothing yeah, has I don't been know much about it at all. I I know uh, a whole lot more about it, especially seeing the documentaries. Mm -hmm. It looks it looks weird. Like yeah, like granted, some something was up with him. Something. But of there's no evidence. There's no everything is is everything was word of mouth. You know, nothing has yeah. been concrete or caught in the scene or any of that stuff. Like, granted, 
I would not be a parent and let my kid go spend a day with some adult, even if it, that yeah. adult is an iconic superstar. Like, hell no. That's like, weird. That's weird as fuck. However, I can't say that he actually did it because it's not like, again, we have to rely on the justice system. You know, it's you're innocent until proven guilty. That's the whole conundrum. He was not found guilty. Right. So we got to let by that. And everything that's been said is allegedly. And that's why I didn't use that. However, I can definitely vouch for all the that sick shit that he has done and he's being accused of. I can vouch for those. And it's because I have people in the industry that has toured with him and, mm -hmm. and has told me these certain stories like, yeah, I can see him doing that. Like it matches up with some of the shit that he has done. So I, that that's why I believe on that sake more like and I can't listen to his music like I literally can. I had a that sick shirt like his his own record label that by the way, they, his own record label dropped him. <laughs> which is kind of wild for you, the owner of a lake record label, and they drop you out. Right? Didn't that kind of happen? That that happened to somebody, like uh, not a Steve Jobs or somebody. Somebody I watched that happened to them, like just recently. Nah, I saw it, like in a movie, like an owner. It's, it was either Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, or something. Somebody like that. That you created something, and all of a sudden they drop you. Yeah, and yeah, you're yeah. like, you're the owner. Like, what? How the <laughs> fuck are you chopping me? It's some wild shit, you know. But and I, I, I used to have their, sh I used to have his shirts and the label shirt, and I had to give that away because I was yeah, like, you gotta throw that away. Like, yeah, no. Like, I will look myself as a hip hypocrite if I'm wearing one of his shirts, knowing the fact I know what he did. Right. So, and same goes with the bass nectar and his grooming shit, bro. Like, bro, people have tattoos of him. People had tattoos of that sick. People had tattoos of all these certain artists. That sucks, bro. Bro, I just, I just don't know how can you not separate. Why would you separate their music with their shit that they do? I think um, I was asking this to somebody before. I was saying that nowadays people hold artists like obviously that to that standard. You gotta hold it to them like. You can't be around here like doing fucked up shit. Mm -hmm. But there's been like such little things now that people are holding artists up to the standards. Like they got to be such a perfect person. And like when in history have artists been perfect people, like they don't care about everything. Um, and he said to me, like, it's because there's so many artists now, like just replaceable. Back then there was only one Michael. I mean, there still is only one Michael Jackson, but not everybody was able to get a record deal and get their music out. Mm. Today, anybody could do that. So you could just, you could just erase an artist and listen to everybody else. It's a weird time, man, because like, especially this, this type of times, because we never thought about this before the Trump era. Right. In today's world, you can't say shit. You can't say a word now without knowing that, without the fear knowing that somebody's going to try to cancel you. Yeah, that's I mean. That's why for the most part, I just don't care. Like, I'm not going to live my life for those people that want to, like, critique me on everything I do. Yeah, that's why I live my life when I with this podcast. And there's, to I, be I, truthful. I do, think there's, I do think there's certain things that you could just choose to hold back on and not talk about publicly. And it's pretty easy to do. 
It is. It is. Uh, like, it is easy. But peop sometimes people chose not to. People, they just want to get into the fire. They want to add more fuel to the do. fire. And then they, they keep digging. Their, they keep doubling down. Yeah. And then that becomes like their whole brand. And before you know it, you got those Jake Pauls, those Logan Pauls, you know. You What do you mean? The, oh, like uh, that they're, they're always doing like controversial things? That they do the most sketchiest and wildest things and <laughs> say the most gnarliest things and, and they get rewarded yeah. for doing you some gotta, stupid shit. You got to know that they're doing it on purpose. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a nice marketing scheme because obviously this is what gets people the attention. Like, fuck, for fuck's sake. It's says, like carnage. Huh? It's like carnage. Every time he drops a song, he's like, this is the best song ever. Like, he just dropped a song today. He's like, this is going to change house music forever. Like, he's doing it. Just, it, it gets to the point where it's like, damn, I, I got to hear this song now. I, uh, I mean, to me, he is uh, like, I respect the guy a lot because no matter what, like you, it takes a lot to get to where you got, like you could have the, somebody making like music for you the whole way. And I feel like you know this, like the music isn't what gets you there. Like not, not like just the music. There's so much other things that have to go into it. It's a whole process, bro. It, it, he's the very definition of building a, a, a pop star, you know? Or not a pot star, a rock star. No, or, he's a he's a star. He's, he's a brand. Bro. Yeah, he's, he's a yeah. brand. He's a brand. He's like like his whole. I don't know. It's a person. suck. Yeah, his whole thing is a is a brand. You know, and I get I get it. It's not easy. It's not easy to have something like that. And kudos for maintaining where he is. You know that shit is never gonna go away anytime soon. Fortunately, no. but I'm gonna go now. Circle back to that part that you and me we said we said ourselves like we need to discuss this you know so you mean like the like the show that i did yeah so i had played when i got back to miami I, I, like just like anybody else i thought like i gotta play shows like this is gonna make get me where i want to go which was not the case i played some shows and they were shit <laughs> I'd come and I'd bring, I wouldn't get paid and I brought more people than anybody else for, for a shit set time. And then the last time that it happened to me, I was like, all right, I'm not letting this happen to me again. Like, I'm just going to do my own show once a, once a year. Mm. And I did the first one and I made more money than I've ever made DJing, DJing. And I got to do everything myself, get any artists I want. All my artists were paid based off of their own ticket sales. So I didn't make any money off them. All the ticket sales that they had with, like with their link, they kept all the money. So like the amount they can make was unlimited. Really? Until, unless capacity. Yeah. And all the money I made was from my ticket sales. Or like, well, each artist has a link and my link is just like the regular link. So they all get the money from their links and then everything else is like my sales. Um, And I loved it. Like, The first time, like, I had control of everything. So I'm like, okay, we're going to do it again next year. I did it again next year, and I doubled it. Then in 2020, it was supposed... 2020 or 2021? No. Yeah, 2021 was supposed... Or, yeah, it was supposed to be the third one, but COVID happened, and um, I just didn't want to do a show. I want to do it again, like, when I have no restrictions. 
like I'll play a show here and there mm-hmm. if I get a good booking. But for me to do my own again, I want to do it when I have like no restrictions. Um, nobody thinking like, oh, should I go or not? That's that's very interesting because one of my questions here that I got is is what are your thoughts in the Miami scene that's currently happening right now? Um, because of COVID or yeah, right now for all COVID, COVID we still got COVID. COVID ain't going nowhere for anytime soon. What are your thoughts that's happening right now in the scene? Like, what are the things that you're seeing right now? What are the different things? What are the the good things or the bad things? Like, what are your thoughts overall? You think it's a I'm good seeing, idea to have them open now? Yeah. I'm seeing... I'm going to get to that. But mm. I'm seeing... Um, get, going out got taken away from everyone. And it seemed like it was such a... Like, people, we took it for granted. <laughs> we never thought it'd be taken away. And it seemed like... Like, bro, it's hard to get people to go to, go to shows. Like, you got you to gotta really work. And now I feel like ever since it was taken away, people don't take it for granted anymore and everything is getting like a good turnout from from what I've seen. As far as COVID, I don't know. I don't, I just don't feel like we look at, I look at other numbers from other states that are not open and they have worse numbers than us and even if they had the same as, as us, mm. like we get to work and those businesses get to stay open and they don't. So they're basically killing two things at once. If they're not open. So do you still think that it's safe and or okay to party in these times? Like I, I get that there's certain places that this sh- that this should have people in and it should and have these businesses allowed. But I mean, should we be celebrating and out be out there, you know, knowing that any any given time this person can shut down the entire the entire space, the club or whatever, because somebody had it and they spread it all yeah. around. Like, do you think yeah. it's, if you feel safe about that? Like, no, <laughs> no, and I'm not going to lie, but at the end of the day, you just, you got to weigh out the pros and cons and you're not going to go to a club and see your grandmother the next day. That's for sure. Well, that's, that's for sure. <laughs> so like can't be doing all that that would be wild for you to do that bro <laughs> <laughs> but yeah bro I don't, I don't have a good answer for it to be honest I mean do you- I just get opportunities the, the times that I've gone it, it mm. was opportunities that it was like bro like I gotta do it and you think you think that it's actually okay even if, even if you got the opportunity to play a certain huge club and they said they're willing to pay you you still willing to go there? I did it already. <laughs> uh, with 4B or with a previous one? Uh, you had a previous show previously, right? I had one last weekend also. Okay. That was in Treehouse? No, no. It was in a warehouse in um, Little Haiti. Like uh, this venue that they have. There. Oh, we're going, we're going underground raving now, huh? Mm, not really. Like it's a warehouse, but like it's not like something that's illegal. It was legal. Okay. Um, like everything required, like temperature checks and all that. Mm. But at the end of the day, you can't, you can't like have people. If you're drinking, if people are drinking, they're taking it off the mask. Um, that's inevitable, right? But yeah, I had that like last weekend, and before that, I did a a show at One Eight Hundred Lucky with Carnage on Halloween. 
Mm. Wait. That was the first time I went, huh? Wait, wait. You went to a show, a Halloween show on Carnage? No, I know. Yeah, no. I, I That was super last minute. Carnage had a show at 1-800-Lucky. Oh, um, okay. Like, like, it wasn't, like, I didn't get paid or anything. It was just, like, super last minute. They hit me up, like, hey, do you want to play on this? We need somebody. I'm like, say less. I'm going. Say less. Um, and that was the first time I had gone out in a year. When was this? In Halloween of 2020. Oh, shit. Yeah. And then this weekend was like, other than that, I went out once to like a Henry Fong and Mac J club night in Fort Lauderdale. And then these gigs that I've had this week. And that's it. That's very interesting, man. Um, I don't I don't I have mixed feelings about it. Like I, I talked to some of the promoters like Lucho and, and the EON network people, you know, and like, obviously, it's good for them to have business running and I have nothing against business running on a smooth capacity, you know, but there's certain things that still worries me to this day because like, again, this is a virus that any given time, anybody could have it, you know? Yeah. It only takes that one show, that one show for somebody to actually have it. Do you think that if there wasn't shows at clubs, there wouldn't be parties? I think that there's already a league after parties every weekend. No, I know that. Now, I, <laughs> I've, I've, uh, Squinto was caught in one of them. Borges was caught in another one of those. I don't know if you knew that. Um, I think I knew the Borges one. Now, I just feel like if you're going to play, like, don't play like an illegal rave. <laughs> don't play an illegal rave. Don't promote it is what he had to do. <laughs> Don't put your fucking face in oh, the flyer or anything, they're bro. On they're on a vampire. I get Facebook invitations for them. Jesus, bro. That was just stupid what he did, man. And that was way before, you know, they gave the green light to the clubs for, you know, like, okay, oh, just, have, me, just have 40% capacity type shit, right. you know? And he just... Everything is limited capacity right now, but I don't know if everybody's up, like, Actually, enforcing that—that's my biggest fear. Because, like, let's just say that I definitely want to DJ, and some and one of these guys called me. It's like, hey, you want to DJ? Want to spin for a few hours? It's like, yeah, sure. And then I see a fucking huge ass line, and I'm like, <laughs> like, this is not like. I get that you guys doing the machines and all, but this is gonna no, be full whether capacity. It's a, uh, whether it's a drive-in or regular show, I don't care what anybody says. Everybody that's playing, like. At a certain point, they're just saying "fuck it" because the drive-ins are not safe. Either. And it's and it's that wild thought that's that scares me the most as well as the "fuck it, let's go for it." You know, and I'm like, uh, I get it. Before, before, okay, but during now in the COVID, it's I I can't have the same mentality. I can't sympathize as much. You know, like I get yeah. it that everybody needs to get the fuck out of the house because, like, holy yeah. crap! Personally, I don't. I could stay here for. My whole time, I don't get yeah. nuts. <laughs> I mean, I, I got, I, I, go out, but it's like those opportunities were so big that I was like, God, I gotta go, I gotta do it. I guess, I guess, in your point of view, I, I would not, um, I wouldn't decline those opportunities and I'll take <laughs> a yes. But going, I think nine out of ten people would have done the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I would, I, I believe I would have done the same thing if I get those opportunities. To say like, hey, you're doing a back to back with fucking Zomboy is like, okay. Of course you're doing it. <laughs> yeah, like, all right, I'm. I guess I'm doing a back to back with Zomboy. Let's go for it. 
COVID? All right. Let me just put triple mask around me and put my gloves on. I ain't touching <laughs> shit. I ain't touching just, shit. Bro. Nah. Yeah, it's tricky, bro. I, I really just can't wait for it to all be over so like we could just like not have to think twice about like living. Bro, like you think this is you think this is just gonna be over anytime soon. I feel like it's not gonna be over. And this is gonna be a one of those times in which it's gonna be a lingering effect, you know, in which, you know, right. honestly, after let's just say that COVID ends tomorrow. Let's just say that right now. Are you right. still gonna be wearing a mask? If COVID like ended, like there was no cases? Yeah. Are you still are you still okay. gonna wear are you still gonna wear a mask? Fuck no, there's zero cases. How am I gonna get it? Are you gonna still wash your hands? Yeah. Are you still gonna hand sanitize yourself? If my girlfriend gives it to me. <laughs> bro, I hate wearing a mask, but like I wear it because I have to. I don't like wearing masks either, but I but I don't get out of my place unless I'm wearing a mask because I got people. I got people around me. You know, I got my parents, yeah. I got my brother, I got my girlfriend. Yeah. And my girlfriend has, she lives with her family, where her sister is. She, her sister has twins. So, you know, like, I'm very careful. I'll tell you what, if COVID ends tomorrow, I wouldn't be against still wearing my mask. I wouldn't be against the idea. And that's and probably what's going to happen. It's, it's going to happen. It's going to happen because, like I said, lingering effects of, you know, because you were traumatized enough for what happened and that you know how quickly, how fast this shit can go and spread out that, you know, you still want to cover yourself. Even if shit is ended, you you just don't want to risk it anymore, especially now, like how how emphasized people went on um, cleaning your hands and hand sanitizing everything. Bro, that shit is never going to go away with me personally. Because right. now everywhere where I go, I'm always going to wash my hands. I'm always going to ha have a hand sanitizer. That shit's going to be with me all the time. And that sucks. Because before, you never thought about that type of crap. Usually you... No. No. Now, now you had to carry that with you because now you know how quickly, how fast this sh can, can shit go zero to 100 real quick, you know? And you don't want to be part of that statistic. Hey, we're going to good downward spiral right now at least let's hope it stays like that it's been going down for six weeks in a row hopefully but let me tell you something about florida it's always right? going like this yeah I, I you live in florida for your for your life i've been only yes. here for seven years i could tell you we wild people oh yeah <laughs> look at us <laughs> we we wild people here and Holy shit, bro. Like if people that are not from here don't get it. Yeah, people from here they, they don't get it. And I can tell you, like, I get it. I get it. Okay, I get it. We wild people. We're wild. We shouldn't be doing this, but yeah, we're we're wild. Speaking of the wild people, because there's this wild conundrum that has always bugged me and always and I always ask this to everybody who's in the music scene about these certain questions. There's these certain wild people, you know, these certain wild promoters that all of a sudden they want to become the DJ, the artist. You know where I'm going with this, huh? Yep. Or they become the promoter because they want a DJ. Mm -hmm. And then you know, <laughs> they become the DJ and now they want to become the artist. And, you know, they get they label themselves as the artist anywhere you go. What are you your thoughts? Um, 
people who are DJ slash pro, uh, promoters, DJ slash promoters. I'm not talking about making music. That they're, they're just right. DJ and promoters, and they want to refer to themselves as the artists. What are your thoughts right. about? Well, it's like I don't think that, that is like um, sustainable. At some point, something if they're making a lot of money from promoting and throwing shows and they're playing it, then I guess it is sustainable. They could do that forever. But I feel like for the most part, the people that I know of doing that, they're not really making any money. They're just throwing shows mm. to break even or and DJ their own shows because nobody else books them. And at that point, I feel like I'm not really like calling you an artist unless you're world-class DJ. Interesting. <laughs> if you're not making music, you have to be world-class DJ if you're just promoting and playing like your own shows. But like how we how I told you, like there's DJs that they could never make music ever, and I'll always call them an artist, like DJ Craze. Oh, if legend! Never music, legend! That guy's an artist in the decks and DJM, so the legend. Shot rest in peace to DJM. Like, how could you not call them an artist, right? Mm. But there's other guys that are just transitioning from one song to the next and just doing and regular things. That it's like that's you know what I respect that decision and I can I agree to you because yes if we call back with those DJs out there like crazy AM and such you know like obviously those guys are like the illest people I've right. ever heard on the fucking turntables and their skills <laughs> are next level it's, when you pair that up with music mm, bro. forget about it like that's that's the that's mixing two worlds together. See, because right. I feel like, yes, you could be a DJ. Yes, you could be a producer. Yes, you could be both. And you call yourself the artist. But those are different worlds in their own 100%. unique space, you know? 100%. I watch, like, let's say Afrojack, um, love his music. And when I see him DJ, he's a really good DJ also. And, like, I'm going to his set because I know I'm going to have a great time. And he's gonna keep it interesting the whole time. Like he's not just gonna play his songs like and do a regular transition to each one. He's gonna mix in acapellas from pop tracks, everything. That's insane. That's an insane skill to have, you know, because I I remember Alpha Jack sets on Ultra, man, and I don't know how he managed to do some of the stuff that he did, bro. Because that so was good. just it was all um point and cue and you can even see him spinning on some on some of his stuff yeah you could tell he's doing it it's like the energy is always high and he's him and his mc are good on the mic it's an art mm. literally his mc is an artist and he just some mc yeah i just don't like you know those promoters that next day they do they want to become a dj and they're like i'm an artist you should treat me as an artist like motherfucker you just became an artist like not so long ago. You ain't doing <laughs> shit. I feel like those guys are the ones that are like the most, um, like the ones with the worst like attitude too, like with the shittiest attitude. And ah. it's like, like, the most humble ones are like the most successful ones I've ever met. Preach, preach, and boy, do I know! I I used to know a lot, and I still know someone else. In, in the local scene that we both know who it is. I'll tell you after this, you know. All right. <laughs> I know one too. I mean, like, 
they're just like, man, I did it all. And I'm just like, <laughs> you know, the surface, bro. Like you got there because you were promoting. Like yeah. nobody wants that show for you. Yeah, bro. It wasn't it wasn't because by choice I wanted to see you. No, motherfucker. It's because you were promoting <laughs> and someone else's show and you you're, just happened you're to be there. The excision con uh, concert. <laughs> exactly. Like, get the fuck out of here, bro. Get up it's your like the people that take like the pictures after the DJ set and they're like, oh, my family. And they're like opening for Carnage or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I, I let me tell you, you know how I know that's very accurate? It's because I've worked with some some reggaeton artists back home in Puerto Rico. I used to be their, their touring DJ for all their music and whatnot. And at, at times I had to set up my DJ and there was already another DJ before me, you know? So at times I had to take a picture. It's like, oh, this is dope and whatnot. You know, a great experience. Yeah. I can't believe it because obviously I can't take a picture while my artists are are singing and whatnot because I'm I'm right. doing my thing. So right. after the whole show, we go back to the bus and I and I show it to the artists and they're just like, yo, guys, look at the picture. Like, oh my God, this is like a dope picture. It's like, oh, That's very dope. Post that and then start tagging yourself and then put hashtags and then just say like, oh, what a great uh, exploding night. I killed it today. I was like, oh, you sure? It's like, like yes, uh, yes. Marketing. Perception. Yes. It's like perception. Like, I feel like there's some things that you could choose to not say to make you perceived look a little better. But I just like can't straight out lie and like be like, hey, my family, like. With the like, you could post a picture with the crowd and everything. Like, yeah, you open for this big artist, but like to call everybody in there your fan is like, it's just a lie. No, that's like the biggest lie because you you know very well that they didn't came to to see you. You're just you just open to just happen to open for the artist, you know. And that's a that's a thing that a lot of um, local artists are struggling. And as far as being a local artist here, I've seen this so many times that they're struggling. And like, they sometimes their sets are much more better than the actual main headliner. Right. But unfortunately, the next day, none of them are going to remember them. No. I mean, you got to make like a, unless you made like a good impression and then they look you up and then you mm -hmm. got the music to back it up. I feel like sometimes when I play like some important shows, um, I notice people that I saw in the crowd following me on Instagram. Or like while I'm DJing, they'll come up to me asking me for my Instagram. Oh, that's dope. And like, yeah, that's been cool. So then like you just come like not converted, but that person came there not for me that day and he loved what I did. It's very rare, you know, when that happens, you know, because you don't you're not very lucky enough to have to have that because obviously you got your name is like this and the headliner slang is like this. <laughs> so obviously they're only gonna see the headliner. Everything else is just like, eh, okay. Right. Sure. Right. And that sucks because that's how the local artists struggle a lot, you know, because they want to have a name up for themselves, you know? I like seeing, like, at least one artist before the artist that I'm coming to see. Just to see, you never know. But I feel like at least 50% of the time, I'm like, um, this is not very good. <laughs> <laughs> boy, boy, do we see that and hear that a lot, bro. Like, sometimes... Some of these people are like, I don't know how you I'm managed to get there. Real. I'm just like, how did this person get this book? Bro, I see that so many times when I was um, working with Lucho, man. I was like, how the fuck? Lucho, what the fuck, bro? <laughs> how, how? 
I should be there. What the hell? Is, what? You know who has the I like uh ever since I started going to Trios, I love their openers, bro. Like they always to me, their sets were always amazing. Especially like right now, they got ODK and like Retro Boy. They had mm. DNA a lot back yeah. then. Like um, they're always really good. I mean, it's one of the things that I talked with Lucho was that it wasn't like the old model that they used to do. The model that they used to run when I entered was promote heavy, sell a couple tickets, do a lot of street promos, and you get your name out there. And then we'll put you on a show. We'll put you on Life and Color and whatnot. That was the old model. The new model, however, which is like, fuck, you should have done this when I when I came in. Not not now. What is it? Lucho asked, send me an opening set. Send, mm-hmm. send me a set that when you open the artist and send me when you're closing the night. Yeah. Send me and those bits. And you're, you're trying to predict without a crowd there. Because sometimes things change. Like well, you see like. I can tell you what, bro. Over the years, I've learned how to open as like the opening opener, open the mm-hmm. main headliner and close. Like I've done right. all positions and I was also the headliner. Mm-hmm. I've done everything. And I can tell you, it gets very easy the more you know when you practice because you know how hard do you want and how without even reading the 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 crowd you just basically practice even at your at your iTunes playlist bro right you just go you just put all the songs to say let's just say i got three different playlists each playlist is as if i was opening as if i was closing as if i was opening the the guy and then each one of them has heavy stuff in it but at least i can control what time more or less am i opening the heavy stuff you know because that's the key to to all this is, is since you're not a headliner you need to make sure that you want to keep the crowd on a nice pace but you don't want to mm-hmm. overzert them you just want to right. keep it right there keep have have that energy and then when the hand, headliner goes then they'll go just like to the moon yeah. you know and you got to know definitely how you the guy you're opening for feels about oh that's another like factor before, because a lot of people a lot of headliners they don't care like they don't they they like they play whatever you want but there is other people that they expect a proper warm-up and they don't want you to go too crazy bro borgor's people is management um wanted me and dna and others to give them their social medias and their and their SoundClouds. We send it to them and then they send it to Anima to Lucho says like, all right, we need all these people to play house. None of them can play bass. So why didn't they just book house artists? Because <laughs> they want to keep the bass that like Borger to be like, holy shit, finally, we got the we got the bass. I, I'm tired listening to. No, but I'm, yeah, I get that. But I'm saying like, so why didn't um, instead of like choosing you guys, he could have just like gotten people that play house already. Because Lucho was, you know, backing us up, you know, because right. we were his boys, you know, we were like, this is my yeah, people. So like, like let's stay with the same crew, right? Yeah, like obviously, like I'm not gonna change my artists. My artists work hard for this for Borg, or they expect to be played this, and they're like, well, you yeah. gotta do something about it. Like they can't play 
dubster they can play the heavy trad you know all that blah 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 i feel like that doesn't even make sense though because people that are came for borgor they're they're really not trying to listen to house for three hours exactly exactly bro it's like maybe some, like one bros if you know I, i've talked with so many dubster people and they told me the same thing they don't really care who plays before them because they say that they're gonna kill it regardless when it's their turn. Even if exactly. they play, even the headliners, I mean the headliners, the openers play repeated songs that you know the headliner is gonna play. The headliner somehow finds a way to make it even better. Yeah, yeah they play. They don't care. They don't care, you know. And 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 some of these head dubstep guys, they think like me that like, all right, let we let the the guy play all his all all the music and heavy hitters. That just makes feel makes us. A competition that makes us feel like, oh shit, you you went like this. All right, I'm gonna go right. like this now. I love when a person before me plays something that I wanted to play. It's like, yeah, see, see I, that. <laughs> I love I love it because I feel like it's a, like an inner competition. It's like, oh, okay, right. okay, I got it, I got this, I got this. Don't worry, don't worry. When it's my turn, I got I got something better than that. They can't play my song, so I'm fine. <laughs> exactly, they can't play my songs either. That's the only thing. Don't play my song. <laughs> That's the number one rule. Don't ever play a headliner's music or the other people's music. But usually that never happens. Nobody gives a shit about the others. Yeah. It's But it's mostly the headliners. That's a no-no. For a festival, you kind of are allowed. You yeah, I, I would just look at that stage and see who's playing else like after me mm -hmm. and just work around that. Like it's, it's easy once you have a lot of your music. Yeah, it's exactly. That or more of already my own. So basically. So I to finish off that Borgor story, I basically I was gonna be the opener. I was gonna be Borgor's opener. What year was this? Uh that was the year that I quit with pro with Lucho. I was, I think that was like 2017, 2018. I so I mean 17, summer of 2017, I believe. I believe that that's when it was. I, I told Lucha, you know what? Give give me a earlier set then. Because the fuck am I going to be not playing dubstep when my whole music is all fucking dubstep? Like, get the fuck yeah, out of here. Enough. Those people are going to think that you play house. Yeah, bro. And that's another thing. It's confusing other people as well because, you know, uh, I told I killed I killed my set because I basically like went from heavy hater to my music, transitioned to a little bit of house and then I went a little bit of hip hop and trap and then I finished it up with my hit songs and then and they, I, what they say they didn't tell you anything yeah they could get, care less about it <laughs> they free thoughts about it nobody said anything after me it was just DNA and DNA is just jungle terror or carnival moombaton stuff you know so they didn't have any problems they could have done it but you know I don't, I don't know. ever want to like tell people what to play I hate that I All would right. just book the artist I would just make sure I, if I want house I would, I would bring or suggest house artists that would be perfect for that spot, mm -hmm. so that everybody could get their shine in what they do best. I agree. I agree. Like if you know that you're gonna go to an excision show, you're supposed to expect you know a lot of people playing dubstep. You're not gonna go ahead and play some house so so you could get to excision play dubstep. Like that doesn't make sense. It it never makes sense that whole that whole scenery about these promoters because sometimes it's the promoters fault as well of not doing their own research yeah right. yeah, yeah. Right. but i mean like i when, when i did 
my own shows these two times. I know what I play and I know I could pretty much play everything, but um, there's just certain people that wouldn't make sense at all for a show that I did. Like if I booked a dubstep artist, mm. it, it wouldn't make sense because everybody else is pretty much like playing house music. So yeah, one dubstep guy in there, it's like, like wouldn't make sense. No, of course, man. Again, and sometimes these promoters, they don't do their research, you know? I remember one time they were going to book me for a Black Gummy show. And I look at the guy, I was like, are you out of your goddamn fucking mind? Are you serious? Like, you want me to have no, no shot in the industry? That's what it is, bro. <laughs> fucking Black Gummy? Are you serious? Oh, another one. Dubs. Another one. They want to book me for Dubs show. And I told Lucho, I was like, Lucho, I mean, I'm on, I'm on her, but dude, I'm a dubstep guy. Like, right. I can't. I feel like that, that would kind of match. Though. They, they, they played dubstep for the end of like, I mean, not the end of their career. They still have a career, but didn't they play dubstep? That's they had like a song called 24K or something like that. That was. They tried to book me for dubs. I was like, bro, I'm a fucking dubstep guy. I'm not going to play for that. Like, I'm no, no, no offense. Like, give yeah. me a, give me a, uh, a bass show, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. And he booked uh, Big and Slim and Bonnie and Clyde for that show. And I was like, like, I, look, I get it. They're, they're your people, but I love Big and Slim. Shout out to you guys, all right? I'm going to interview I'm them soon. Yeah, I'm going to interview them soon. So, you know, get, get ready for that episode. But still, it's like, it didn't make no sense. Like, Big and Slim were trapped dubstep guys and Bonnie and Clyde I don't know what the fuck they are, to be honest. Well, I haven't heard their music in a long time. But from what I remember, it was like trap most of the time. Right, trap, I guess. It's still, it didn't make sense to have it on a dub show, which is basically big room. Yeah, back in the day, yeah. Yeah, back in the day. I guess at that time when they dropped the 24K that, you know, to make it happen. But, you know, it, it was just yeah. all big room, you know. Right. So that, oh, I remember one that I did. Hoochie. That's straight trap, right? That's like like low-key trap. Like the the kind of trap that you just want to chill and shit. Yeah. I did that show. That made no sense to me. Absolutely no sense for me to do a Hoochie show. Not because it was a bass show, but because the energy for Hoochie is not the same energy as mine. Right. Like I go super hard and they go yeah. super mellow. Very. You know, this just I don't even know who would open for that though. Some other people, I guess. Like <laughs> I don't even know. I was the closer. At I least was... you got to close. I cl- oh, I close. <laughs> I I make sure I close. Like those people were re- they... bro, I I kid you not. When Hoochie came and performed, there weren't that many people in the in the in the second floor of, of space. That shit was kind of dead. You mean right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that shit was kind of dead, bro. And people were, I don't know. People, well, I mean, everybody was just a little circle next to the stage because you know, I don't right. know, bro. Like it was just so random and weird and dead all all around. And then you know. They hit me up to say like, "Hey, they wanna they wanna leave earlier. Can you op- can you close earlier?" I was like, "Yeah, sure." They were they like, "Nah, well, what the fuck, brother? You had like fucking thirty people in front of you. You don't have a fucking crowd." Yeah. So so when space, I, that's like a random place to do that. At. 
Yeah. I mean, how many random shows have we been in space, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 